Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's the Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Toys, movies, comics, and so much more. The Riley and Kimmy Show. And the more that you listen, the more that you'll know. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Thank you for choosing this special spotlight on the golden age of radio. I'm Patrick Riley, host of The Riley and Kimmy Show. Our featured golden age of radio production will be uninterrupted for your listening pleasure. After this tribute, please visit our website, RileyandKimmy.com, for our archived daily episodes. Our episodes focus on the world of old-time radio, nostalgia, and pop culture trivia. That's RileyandKimmy.com. What time is it? It's time for the Abbott and Costello Show. We're on the air for ABC here in Hollywood. Well, what are we waiting for? Let's go with the Abbott and Costello Show. Yes, it's the Abbott and Costello Show. Produced and transcribed in Hollywood for your listening and laughing pleasure. Chuckles with a carload and music by Matty Malney. So hold on to your chairs, folks, for here they are, Bud Abbott and Lou Costello. Hey! Oh, stop that racket. Where have you been all afternoon? Where have you been all afternoon? Yeah. I took a tour of the movie stars' homes. I passed Gregory Peck's house and said, gee, I'd like to have his Cadillac. Then I passed Clark Cable's house and I said, gee, I'd like to have his yacht. Then I passed Harry James' house and I said... Yes? What would I do with his trumpet? (laughs) You know, I shouldn't be kidding, Abbott. I mean, after all, I got a threatening letter today. Somebody wants to kill me. That's why I got this. How many people listen to you every week, Costello? Well, let me see. All I get about 12 million. That's amazing. Then I got... Oh, you mean that I got so many listeners? Mm, No. Now that you only got one threatening letter. (laughs) (laughs) Show me, show me where it says that in the script. Uh, Show me where it says that in the script. Hmm. Hmm? Well, never mind. Never mind. What are you going to do about the letter? Oh, that's your line. Excuse me. Never mind. What are you going to do about the letter? That's where I heard it. Yeah, that's where I heard it. <laughs> well, what are you going to do about the letter, Lou? Well, the person who sent me that letter, maybe he may be in the audience tonight. I'm going to search everybody out there. I'm going to start with that blonde in the front row. No, 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 no. Don't be silly, Costello. A beautiful girl like that wouldn't be carrying a gun. You look for what you like, and I'll look for what I like. <laughs> aren't so ignorant and stupid, you wouldn't pay any attention to the letter. Who's oh, stupid and ignorant? I was very smart in school. When a teacher asked a question, I was always the first one to raise my hand. You are? And sometimes it was to answer the question. <laughs> oh, hey, wait a minute, boys. Here's a serious-looking fellow trying to get a word in edgewise. Let's see what he has to say.
here. What have you been doing in that telephone booth all afternoon? Well, I'm giving a big party tomorrow night. It's New Year's Eve, you know, and I've just got to get Earl Flynn and Hedy Lamar as my guest of honor. Why do you have to have Earl Flynn and Hedy Lamar? Well, you see, Abbott, this year, New Year's Eve comes on Friday night. Friday night. And I can't serve any meat, so I thought it would be kind of nice to have Flynn and Hedy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, never mind that. Is your brother Pat going to have a nice New Year's this year? Oh, yes. You know, this is the first year uh, since he's been out of the Navy, Lou. Yes, he's very happy about it. The Veterans Committee got him an apartment for $250 a month. Does he he like it? Yes, him and his wife and his baby and his father-in-law and his mother-in-law are all living there in one room. Well, uh, isn't it kind of crowded? Only at night when the landlord backs his car in. (laughs) You mean that Pat is living in a garage and paying $250 a month? That's ridiculous. I bet I I could rent that same garage for $50 a month. Yeah, but you ain't a veteran. I... You can say that again Why should I say that again? It didn't get a laugh the first time <laughs> Crystal, I don't know why I even talked to you Why don't you pack up your things and do where all other morons go? That's silly, Abbott What would I do in Washington? I... <laughs> well, never mind that I want you to remember that 1949 is only a couple of days off And I hope that next year you'll settle down and get married. What for? You should get married. Don't you miss being married? Don't you miss having a little woman around the house? No. I hang wet nylons in the bathroom. I scatter bobby pins all over the floor. I smear all my towels with lipstick. And you'll be surprised how I don't notice there isn't a woman around. Well, if you come to my house tomorrow night, I'm having quite a party, and I'll introduce you to some nice girls. Well, I can, Abbott. You see, we're having a party at my Uncle Mike's house, and I can't wait to play that new game he invented. This game will take the place of jigsaw puzzles. Uh, How do you play it? Well, you open up a can of crushed pineapple and try to put the pieces together. (laughs) But are you going to play any other game? Oh, sure. We play the regular game we play at our house every New Year's Eve. It's called Scotch Punch. How do you play? How do you play that? I punch the first guy that touches the scotch. Uncle Mike be at the party? I don't think so, Abbott. He's in jail for reckless driving. You know, the sheriff won't let him out. He won't? No. Well, if the sheriff won't let him out, you know the mayor, the veter. You mayor, know him, Mayor the veter? Yeah. Oh, sure. No, well, sure. why don't you call him? Maybe he could swing it. You must uh, know somebody that can swing it. I think I'll call Carmen Miranda. Carmen <laughs> Miranda? She don't even know the sheriff. I know, but brother, can she swing it? <laughs> Costello, Mr. Costello, you've got to help me. What's the matter, young man? Well, my wife wants to send me to a sanitarium. Why? Because I like French fried potatoes. What's wrong with that, young man? I love French fried potatoes myself. You do, Mr. Costello? Certainly. Then you must come over to my house. I've got trunks and trunks just full of French fried potatoes. No, Abbott, he looks familiar to me. I think I saw him at the $2 win at the Bank of America. <laughs> Wait a minute. I've heard of a, a paying window, a receiving window, and a loan window, but since when have they got a $2 winner at the Bank of America? Ever since the president went out to Santa Anita, saw the business of doing with theirs. <laughs> you ought to go out to the racetrack, Abbott. It runs like a machine. A machine? Yeah, vacuum cleaner. The only place in the world where the windows clean the people. I hope you'll pardon the intrusion, boys, but you remember me. I was candidate for representative from your district. Oh, politician Harry Harry Brown. Brown. Yes, gentlemen, yes. The same Harry Brown that promised Hmm. to clean up the city, close up all the pool halls, bring back prohibition, and finish the Hollywood freeway. Mr. Brown, what are you doing now? Nothing. I was elected. By the way, Costello, I want to thank you for inviting my sister, my wife and sister, Babe, to uh, to the Rose Bowl with you uh, next New Year's Day. But I still, uh, 
I still can't understand why you invited her. Very simple, Abbott. Both your wife and your sister, babe, have proxide blonde hair. What's that got to do with it? Well, they're all out of tickets, and I figured I'd better bring my own bleachers. I... <laughs> well, good evening, boys. Well, look, Costello, it's our secretary, Viola Vaughn. Well, ha-ha. <laughs> Viola Vaughn, you give me the wrong place, kid. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Costello, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. Viola has only been in California a short time, and she'd try to make her feel at home. Say something nice to her. All right, Viola, old girl, it's been frightfully nice seeing you again. Frightfully nice. Oh, thank you, and it's been frightful seeing you again. <laughs> uh, quiet, Costello. Let me handle it. Viola, you look très chaumont tonight. Oui, oui, and ooh la la. Do you speak French? Oh, I get around. Listen to this. Chevrolet Coupe, Griffith Park. Oh, uh, that, that wouldn't get you very far in France. Yeah, I'd do pretty good with Glendale, though. <laughs> Pay no attention to him, Viola. How would you like to come over to my house New Year's Eve for a little uh, late supper? Uh, is it going to be a buffet? Is it uh, going to be what? Buffet, buffet. Abbott, don't be a dope. You know what buffet is? That's French for let's go to the table and slug it all among ourselves. <laughs> On second thought, Costello, I don't think I want you at my house on New Year's Eve. Your table manners are atrocious. Oh, Mr. Abbott, let, let him come over to our house. Costello, you just watch me. I, ha I have perfect table manners. Well, is that so? Well, there's one thing I've been meaning to ask you. Every time you drink coffee, you always stick your fingers straight out. What's that for? Well, that's where you hang the wet donuts. <laughs> <laughs> Viola, that was very, very funny, and all I can say to you is what the skunk would say to his brother. What are the skunks? Skunk. <laughs> I still would like to know what page you're on. <laughs> what did the skunk say to his brother? I beg your pardon? What did the skunk case? <laughs> All right, folks, we all go back to page 16. <laughs> what did the skunk say to his brother? Got your teeth back in, eh? <laughs> Answer the question, yes or no. I'll just have it just once more. <laughs> what did the skunk say to his brother? You do, too. You do... <laughs> Get mad, Costello. Well, get the... mad. I'm happy. Continue. <laughs> this is the end of the new year and New Year's Eve. Uh, the end of the old year, there. Should have been the end of the script. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say, honey? This is the end of the old year and New Year's Eve. Now I'm going to give you the hottest, burning, sizzlingest kiss you've ever had. You are? Yes. Attention, New York and Chicago. Stay tuned in. This may be just what you need to melt the snow off your streets. <laughs> Costello, I've come to the conclusion that you are the most unintelligent, ignorant, stupid men can poop in the state of California. Well, a fellow's got to make good at something. I, <laughs> I still like that skunk-a-hunk line of yours. I <laughs> Uh, Viola, we're starting a new year in a few days, and I'd like you to stay with us as our secretary. You like the job, don't you? Well, Mr. Abbott, I don't really know. You see, I was a secretary for an insurance man, then I worked in a bank. But my mother is a little skeptical about my working for Hollywood actors. Viola, has your mother been telling you that old stuff about how actors are all wolves? That they do nothing but chase girls and go to parties, and that they're all up all night whooping and hollering, and that no self-respecting girl should associate with them? Well, yes, she has. Well, do you want to know something? What? She's so right. Come over here. What are you writing in that little book? I beg your pardon? What are you writing in that little book? What are you perspiring for? 
I'm asking you, Costello, here. What are you writing in that little book? I got four New Year's resolutions written in here, Abbott. For 1949, here's what I'm going to do. Resolution number one, I resolve to improve my handwriting. Now, that's good. What is number two? How do you like that? I can't read it. <laughs> well, skip it. What's, what's number three? Love thy neighbor. And number four? Move next door to Hedy Lamar. Uh, Why don't you make up a sensible list of resolutions? Well, I'm only kidding, but I got a sensible list. Listen to this. Number one, give up going to nightclubs. Number two, give up going with girls. Number three, give up resolutions number one and number two. <laughs> Talk, Sands, please. I like the one about love thy neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> but where, where are you going to spend New Year's Eve, Lou? Well, I could go to Ava Ava Gardner's party. There's only one thing that's stopping me. What's that? She didn't invite me. <laughs> That shows you how popular you are with the girls. Personally, I don't care about girls. You don't, huh? Just so I'm popular with my Sam Shovel Detector fans. The listeners love me, Abbott. Just listen to this note I got today. Dear Lou Costello, a Sam Shovel private detective, you are wonderful. You kill me. If you ain't the funniest guy on the radio, I'm a monkey's uncle. I'm coming to the studio tonight. Mr. Costello, there's someone here to see you. Show the man in. It's no man, just a monkey with his uncle. <laughs> Well, never mind him, Costello. What is your Sam Shovel detective mystery about tonight? It's one of my greatest cases, Abbott. I call it the murder at the radio quiz show, or I've got a body in a balcony, Doctor. <laughs> well, that sounds like a dandy. Let's do it. Right. We'll do it. Yes, I'm Sam Shovel. Sam Shovel, private detective. I'll take any kind of a case. If you need a detective to shadow somebody, call me. If you need evidence for a divorce, call me. If you need a detective with courage and fortitude, call me. If your life is threatened by a mob of desperate armed criminals and you need somebody to shoot it out with them, there's plenty of other detectives you can call. <laughs> As I sit here at my desk, I decide to read. I pick up my newspaper. It's the Herald Express. <laughs> I see an ad for California grapefruit. You can always tell it, genuine California grapefruit. If it don't squirt juice, it squirts fog. <laughs> While reading, I decide to smoke. I reach for my old Indian peace pipe. It's a genuine old Indian peace pipe. Instead of tobacco, it's filled with pieces of old Indians. <laughs> I glance out the window at the beautiful secretary across the hall. She's wearing a new mink coat she got for Christmas. She got that mink coat the hard way. The hard way. She bought it herself. <laughs> I hear a strange sound coming from the dentist's office next door. Bowlers! Right face! By cuspid! Squad's left! He's drilling somebody's teeth. <laughs> my ceiling just cracked. A piece of plaster fell on my desk. There's something written on the plaster. It's as wide as a chicken cross the street. It's corn plaster. <laughs> my ceiling is full of old cracks. So are my writers. <laughs> On my wall, I notice a picture of Trigger Finger Tessie. What a girl. She shot from the hip and she could hit anything. Then one day she bought a gun. <laughs> but she threw it away. She found out she could hit more people with a hip. <laughs> Tessie was a gun mall. Every time she started to pull a job, I cooked her goose. In Cleveland, I cooked her goose. In Boston, I cooked her goose. In Albany, I cooked her goose. And one day, she asked me to marry her. She said, Sam, nobody can cook a goose like you. <laughs> I gave her a job as my secretary, but she never could get any work done. In the office, she was a bottleneck. Every time I opened a bottle, she'd want a neck. <laughs> well, here I am all alone, and it's New Year's Eve. I look out at the window at the crowds in the street. What a racket. Everybody's celebrating. Half the men, half the men have noisemakers. The other half left their wives home. <laughs> In the crowd, I see my pal, Lieutenant Abbott of the Homicide Squad. <laughs> Abbott is a shrewd cop, but he's very tight with money. He gave his wife a bottle of perfume for Christmas. The perfume was so cheap that when she put on her fur coat, the two moths flew out, hole in the nose. 
<laughs> Lieutenant Abbott is a drinking man. And how? He loves beer. But in 1949, he's going on the wagon. Not because he wants to quit drinking, but he figures if he goes on the wagon, he'll have to be that much closer to the beer. <laughs> Suddenly, my office door opens. Hello, Sam Shovel. Happy New Year. Where have you been? I haven't seen you all week. I've been helping out with a Christmas rush at Nancy's department store. They fired me. I made a mistake. I took a sign off a dress and put it on a bathtub. What did the sign say? How would you like to see your girl in this for a dollar ninety-eight? <laughs> Never mind that, Sam. Are you coming to my house to play poker? None of your wife is going to play. What's the matter with my wife? She's a great poker player. My wife has a real poker face. Every time I see her, I want a poker face. <laughs> what a New Year's Eve. The police department is going nuts with the traffic problem. I wonder how Officer McShane is doing on Hollywood and Vine. Officer McShane is now at Sunset and Figueroa. Who moved him away down there? Brand new Red Hudson going 90 miles an hour. <laughs> ah, forget about that. Are you going to a nightclub to celebrate New Year's Eve? Not me, Lieutenant Abbott. It's too expensive. I went to a Hollywood nightclub Saturday night. Ringside tables were $50. The last row was $25. Cost $5 way back at the bar. I paid 50 cents. Could you see the show? Yes, I did. But it was very annoying. All night long, some guy kept brushing me off with a whisk broom. Look, why didn't you come to my house tonight, Sam? It'll be a swell party. Bring that cute little redhead you met yesterday. I had her out last night. We went to Griffith Park and sat on the bench. Every time I kissed her, she pulled her hair out of her head. Well, bring it to the party. Lieutenant, how would it look for me to walk into your house with a bald-headed girl? <laughs> I know who I'll bring. Gertie. Gertie, she's a swell at a party. She's a scream. Does she play piano? No. Does she sing? No. What does she do? She screams. <laughs> Where's Sam Shovel? Where's Sam Shovel, the great detective? I, I gotta see Sam Shovel. Oh, please, calm down, sir. What's the matter? Please. There's something, something on your mind? There must be something on his mind. There's nothing on his head. <laughs> Stop joking, Sam Shovel. You've got to help me, please. There's something the matter with my wife. She's asleep. I can't wake her up. Sam, I can't wake up my wife. Have you tried shaking her? Shaking her? I've been doing better than that. For the past two hours, I've been hitting her on the head with a hammer. <laughs> Sam, it's New Year's Eve. Forget, forget you're a detective. Let's go to my house for a New Year's party. Well, Sam, how are you enjoying the party? Fine. Uh, attention, everybody. We're going to play games. Now, everybody's got to get up and do something to entertain. Hey, let Sam Shovel get up first. Yeah. 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 Hey, Sam Shovel, come on. Friends. Come on, Friends. And countrymen. <laughs> and other stuff that goes with it. I'll do the best I can to entertain you. But remember, I'm just a private detective. I'm not an entertainer. You can say that again. <laughs> Who's that, Lieutenant? The, the president of ABC. I had to invite him. As I said before, friends, I'll do my best to entertain you. How would you like to see some of my famous magic tricks? Okay, Sam. Okay, now, Lieutenant Abbott, may I borrow your handkerchief? Thank you. Now, Mr. President of ABC, may I borrow your watch? Okay, here. But be careful with it. My wife gave it to me for Christmas. Good. Now watch me carefully. First, I wrap the watch in the handkerchief. I tie four knots in the handkerchief. Now I place it on the floor and jump up and down on it like this. Hey, what kind of a trick is that? You busted my watch to pieces. Yes, but I want you to notice. There's not one wrinkle in the handkerchief. Get him out! Word is usual, but before...
before they do, we'd like you to ponder this. Well, Costello, the next show we do will be next year. Yes, folks, and I'd like to wish all of our listeners health, wealth, and prosperity in 1949. And that, and that goes for all the folks that work for us. Matty Malnick and this fine crew of musicians and our vocalists. Hal Winters. And don't forget Viola Vaughn and our writing staff, which is headed by Eddie Foreman with Paul Collin, Pat Costello, Martin Ragaway, and Len Stern. And our producer, Charles Vander. Good night, folks. Good night, everybody, and Happy New Year to everybody in Patterson, New Jersey, and all over the world. Happy New Year, Mother and everybody. What are you writing on that pad? Hey, Emmett. What are you I'm writing sh- on that pad? I'm just making out a list of girls I'm going to kiss next week. Here's who I got picked out. Lizzie Schwartz, Maggie Mugglemeyer, Tessie Tinfoil, Lana Turner. Now, wait a minute. No, 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 no. Lana Turner wouldn't kiss you. Oh, no? Oh, no. Then I'll scratch her off my list. I love you. <laughs> you dummy, always thinking of girls. Girls, girls, girls. The great men don't waste their time on girls. Where do you suppose Benjamin Franklin would have been if he'd have thought of girls all of the time? In the front row at Earl Carroll's? No, no, no. <laughs> Costello, I've been telling you for the past three weeks. You've got to quit chasing girls and get yourself a job. Look at Look how sloppy you are. Look at your socks. I can't help my socks, Abbott. It's those new Hickok plastic garters. What's the matter with them? Your stock socks stay up, but your legs fall down. Yeah. Luke <laughs> Costello, telegraph Luke Costello. Here, boy. Out of the way, fatso. I'm looking for Luke Costello. Boy, he is Luke Costello. The famous Luke Costello? The one and only Luke Costello? That's me. Gee, I listen to you on the radio every Thursday night. You break me up when you say, How do you do? Wait a minute! Wait a minute! That ain't me, that's the mad Russian. You're saying? I'm a Who's going to take this telegram? I'll take it. it. It's collect, $14. He'll He'll take take it. it. (laughs) Oh, give it to me. Here, boy. Hey, Costello. This telegram is from Joe DiMaggio. Listen to this. Dear Lou, as you know, I am recovering from a foot operation. I would appreciate you taking my place... Appreciate you taking my place on the New York Yankees until I recover. Please report to the Yankee Stadium immediately. Signed, Joe DiMaggio. Abbott. Hey, that's That's the news. That's the news I've been waiting for. I'm going to be a big league ball player. Yes. DiMaggio probably heard about my playing with the Cucamonga Wildcats last year. You a ball player? I don't believe it, Costello. You know nothing about ball. Oh, no, I eat baseball. I live baseball. All night when I'm asleep, I dream about baseball. Don't you ever dream about girls? What, and miss my turn up at bat? Oh! Yes. And another thing, Abbott. What page are you on? Never mind what page you're on. <laughs> and another thing, Abbott. Not only that, in Patterson, New Jersey, I worked out with a baseball team. I used to stay out till 4 o'clock in the morning. Why did you stay out till 4 o'clock in the morning? This was a girls' baseball team. <laughs> Costello, if you're going to play with the New York Yankees, you really have to know something about big league baseball, Lou. I know all about baseball. All right, suppose there's a left-handed pitcher pitching. What do you do? I put in a right-handed batter. Now, suppose there's a right-handed pitcher pitching. I put in a left-handed batter. But now I trick you. I take out the right-handed pitcher and put in a left-handed pitcher. Then I double-cross you. I take out my left-handed batter and put in a right-handed batter. Now, wait a minute. Where are you getting all those right-handed batters? The same place where you're getting all those left-handed pitchers. Oh. <laughs> Hello, Bud. Hello, Cust- Lewis, Cust- honey. It's, uh, it's Marilyn Maxwell. Marilyn. I've got great news. I'm going to play ball with the New York Yankees. I'm taking you along as a pitcher. Oh, now, Costello, Marilyn Maxwell can't pitch. Oh, no? You should see all the guys she struck out that were trying to get the first base. Oh, no. <laughs> this kid has got some nice curves. Oh, Lewis, you're so sweet. But I do hope you be careful. You know, big league baseball is a very dangerous game. Oh, what's dangerous about baseball, Marilyn? Well, I read in the paper this morning that in the opening game in Boston, five players died on base. <laughs> Marilyn, you don't seem to know much about baseball. Let me show you how to play indoor baseball. First, I put my left arm around your waist. Then I snuggle my head on your shoulder like this. Then I press my cheek against your cheek. Oh, wait a minute, Costello. That's not the way to play indoor baseball. How do you like that? Every season, new rules. <laughs> well, well, goodbye and good luck, Lewis. I just know you'll become famous for those New York Yankees. Marilyn's right, Thank Costello. You, this is Thank your you. chance to become famous. Now, you've got a good job as a baseball player. And you might find your proper niche in life. Yes, I might. 
I mean, after all, if I find my... What will I find? A niche, a niche. You'll find your niche. Abbott, when I find an itch, I scratch it. No. <laughs> what in the world are you talking about? An itch. I once had the seven-year itch. What happened? I scratched real fast and got rid of it in three and a half years. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not talking about that kind of an itch. I mean an itch in life. An itch in life is what everyone is looking for. Anyone who is successful has found an itch. Well, if that's the case, I know an Airedale that is doing very well. Uh, <laughs> listen to me, Costello. When I say an itch, I don't mean an itch like you have when you have an itch. I mean a niche like you have when you have a notch. Oh, you don't mean an itch like a niche when you have a niche. You mean a niche like you have when you have a notch. Now you've got it. Now I've got it. I don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Costello, why do you mash everything up like that? You're the most mixed up man I ever saw. Well, maybe it's because I fell on my mother's mix master this morning. She had it set for mashed potatoes. Oh. <laughs> tell you is that a niche is a notch. Catch? Natch. Natch. All right. Now you know that a niche is a notch. Uh, you know that both of them are the same. Yes. Now I could have a notch and you could have a niche. Yes. Niche to me and notch to you. Yes. I'm, only, I'm, only, I'm only trying to impress you the importance of being a big, big league ball player and having a good income. Did you ever draw a nice big fat salary? No. I never drew a fat salary, but I once sketched a skinny tomato. No, 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 no. <laughs> I say draw, I don't mean draw like you draw when you draw. All I mean draw like you draw when you draw a salary. Habit, let me smell your breath. Mm-hmm, just as I thought. You've drawn one too many already. Can <laughs> you listen to me, please? When I say you draw a salary, I mean you draw money. Now he's got me drawing money. Wait till the FBI finds out about this. I'll probably draw 20 years in a clink. And they don't feed you any salary in there, either. Costello, when I say you draw money, I mean you draw like you draw money to spend it. Not, not like when you draw on an easel. That's what I always say. With money, it's easel come, easel go. No, no, no. Everybody draws money. I draw money. I've been drawing money for years. My brother draws money. He's been drawing money for years. You draw and your brother draws? Certainly. Just as I thought. You and your brother are an old pair of drawers. <laughs> big uh, league ball player, you've got to get yourself in shape. Now, from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m., you lift weights. From 9 to 10, deep knee bends. 10 to 11, skip rope. 11 to 12, run five miles. 12 to 1, I'll never make it. Hey, look. <laughs> you idiot, you'll never be a ball player. Staying up late and going to nightclubs, eating rich food, running around with beautiful girls. Do you know what can happen to you? Yes, I can become manager of the Brooklyn Dodgers. I... <laughs> I don't even know why DiMaggio picked you. You don't even know how to swing a bat. I know all about swinging bats. When I was a kid, my father used to hit me with a baseball bat. My brother used to hit me with a baseball bat. My Uncle Artie Stebbins used to hit me with a baseball bat. And my mother used to hit me with a tennis racket. With a tennis racket? Yes, she didn't like baseball. <laughs> Hiya, fellas. Well, well, it's Gillianus. Hey, Costello. I heard about you taking uh, Joe DiMaggio's place for the New York Yankees. That's right. You know, I used to pitch for the Hollywood Stars. And boy, I'll never forget my last game. Well, five men on base. Oh, oh no, wait, whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. Five men on base. Now, that's impossible. Did you ever see the Hollywood stars play? Hennis, I... <laughs> I've seen the Hollywood stars, and I don't remember you. Oh, I've changed a lot since then. I had the biggest buck teeth you ever saw. I was the only man on the team that could slide into second base and spike you from either end. <laughs> well, so long, fatso. So long, skinny. So long. Hey, you know that skinny would make an ugly skeleton? All right. <laughs> Costello, don't waste time with him. Now, you've got to get ready for the opening game. Yes, I think we're going to play the Cleveland Indians. Cleveland Indians, eh? Uh-huh. Feller pitching? Certainly there's a feller pitching. <laughs> Who do you think they'd use, a girl? Oh, I, I know they don't use a girl. I said feller pitching. What feller? Feller with the Cleveland Indians. Look, Abbott, there's nine guys on the Cleveland team. Now, which feller are you talking about? Feller that pitches. There is only one feller with Cleveland. You mean nine Yankees are going to play against one feller? That's right. You mean there's no fellas in the outfield? No. And there's no fellas in the infield? No. Cleveland only has one feller. Well, this feller must be pretty good if, if they don't, he don't need any other players but himself. Look, all the players will be out there helping him. You just said there was only one feller on the team. That's right. Then where did all them other fellers come from? Ah, oh, you idiot. When I say there's only one feller on the team, I mean there is only one feller that pitches. Well, Abbott, when the manager of the team wants this pitcher, what does he call him? Feller. You mean he just hollers, hey, feller! And this guy knows that they mean him? That's right. <laughs> His name is Feller, Feller, Bob Feller. And when I say there is only one feller on the team that pitches, that's it. And the feller that pitches is feller. There's only 
the other feller's on the team, uh, but there's uh, only one feller. Boy, are you mixed up. <laughs> oh, you mean the feller that pitches is feller. And there's other fellers on the team, but they're not fellers? Now you grasp it. Yes, I grasp it, but it keeps slipping out of my hands. <laughs> Let's go into this sporting goods store and get your baseball equipment. I want you to look right for the opening game. Now, go ahead and ask that lady there where they keep the baseball uniforms. Uh, pardon me, miss. Well, if it isn't Mr. Albert. Hello. And Mr. Costello. Hello. You fought a little man, you. <laughs> what are you doing in the sporting goods store, miss? Oh, I just soaked in to get a gift for my nephew. I'm buying him a boss ball. Ball. Boss ball? Abbott, <laughs> you know what a boss ball is? That's what the poocher throws to the coocher. <laughs> and the booter tries to boot a home run. <laughs> my, uh, my nephew is just a lotto chope, but his ambition is to be a Brooklyn doger caucher. Well, if he's only a little guy, why don't he join the deep troot tookers and be a short stoop? <laughs> going. As we say in Chinese, Gish a gooey hop dooey on push to you. And a dish of gooey chop suey and a push to you too. Hey, look, that's the list. Hey, salesman now. Oh, good morning, boys. As Johnny Weissmeller said to Buster Crab, what dive did you come out of? <laughs> well, my friend and I are here to get some baseball equipment. Uh, I'd like to see a baseball uniform that would fit Costello. So would I. <laughs> Look, as Adam said to Eve, quit ribbing me. <laughs> However, I'll do the best I can. We'll start with the spiked shoe. What size do you wear? Eight. Oh, let me see. I've only got one pair left, and they're size five. Maybe you can squeeze into them, Costello. Go ahead and try. Okay. <laughs> what do you know? Open-toed baseball shoe. <laughs> now for the uniform. My, you're certainly a pudgy little rascal, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Aren't you overweight? I'm about 120 pounds overweight, but I'm going back to my normal weight. Yes, what's normal? 60 pounds overweight. <laughs> Gosh, Sally, you should really go on a diet. Yeah, of course, you know what a diet is, don't you? Oh, sure. That's where you can eat all you want of everything you don't like. <laughs> Young man, if you really want to reduce, why don't you exercise with a couple of dumbbells? Okay, I'm ready whenever you and Abbott are. All right. <laughs> your baseball equipment. Mister, do you have any bats? Oh, certainly. Here's a fine bat. Autographed by Slaughter of the Cardinals. This bat was made for Slaughter. Ain't you got one that was made for baseball? (laughs) When he says Slaughter, he means Slaughter the baseball player. Slaughter the baseball player? With that bat, you could slaughter anybody. (laughs) No, no, Costello. I'm talking about Slaughter. Everybody knows Slaughter. He knows Slaughter. Well, maybe he knows Slaughter, but I don't know him. You idiot. Everybody knows Slaughter, the baseball player. Slaughter is the man's last name. What's his first name? He knows. Now, there's a clever guy. He knows his first name. Oh, let's forget about the bat. Look, mister, do you have a baseball cap that will fit Costello's head? What size pencil sharpener does he wear? (laughs) Oh, oh, a baseball cap. Oh, yes, here's a dandy. This is the kind fellow wears. What fella? The fella with the Cleveland Indians. There's nine players with the Cleveland Indians. Which fella are you talking about? Oh, young man, when I say fella with the Cleveland Indians, I am only referring to one fella. The fella that pitches with the Cleveland Indians. When you say the fella with the Cleveland Indians, you're only referring to one fella. The fella that pitches for the Cleveland Indians. Yeah. As Orville said to Wilbur, you're right. <laughs> How do you like that? Now they're doing our routines in sporting goods stores. Oh, forget about him, Custer. Hey, wait a minute. I've got an idea. Mrs. Wetwash's late husband used to be a big league ba- ball player. Now, he was a home run king, in other words. Now, maybe she'll give you one of his bats for good luck. Let's go over to her house and ask her. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll go right over now, huh? You're right, Abbott. As John Adams said to Henry Wadsworth Longfellow... How do you like that? I forgot what John Adams said to Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Well, good morning, Mrs. Wetwash. Oh, hello, Mr. Abbott. My, you know you ought to muzzle that St. Bernard dog. (laughs) Oh, pardon me, it's Costello. (laughs) Tell me, Costello, how are things in Gawker, moron? Mrs. Whitwash, I wish you hadn't said that. I was just telling Abbott, your face reminds me of a rose. Oh, really? An American beauty rose? No. A rhinoceros. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 
Costello, Mrs. Wetwash, Costello's leaving for New York to join Joe DiMaggio's play. Take Joe's place. Isn't that wonderful? He's going to play with the Yanks. Oh, I can't believe it. Yes. What do those big Yanks want with a little jerk like him? <laughs> Mrs. Wetwash, that was an insult. I'll have you know that beautiful women find me irresistible. <laughs> I don't find you irresistible. And I don't find you beautiful. <laughs> Quiet, Costello. Ask her for those baseball bats her husband left her. Okay. Mrs. Whitwash, I understand when your husband was alive, he had a lot of old bats. That's a lie. He never went out with anybody but me. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, 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 Mrs. Whitwash. Costello means your husband's uh, baseball bats. You yes. see, he thought you might give him one of them. Yes, that's right, Mrs. Whitwash. You see, I need a good bat. Oh, you need a good bat. I'll be glad to help you out. Can I have the bat right now? Right now. Costello, I'm going to New York with you. You know, Bucky Harris, the Yanks manager, gave me a job as coach for as long as you're on the team. Look, Abbott, if you're the coach, you must know all the players. I certainly do. Well, you know, I, mean, I never met the guys, so you'll have to tell me their names, and then I'll know who's playing on the team. Oh, I'll, I'll tell you their names, but you know, strange it may seem, they give these ball players nowadays very peculiar names. You mean funny names? Strange names, pet names, like Dizzy Dean and... His brother Daffy. Daffy Dean. And their French cousin. French. Gouffet. Gouffet Dean. Oh, I see. Well, let's see, we have on the bags, we have who's on first, what's on second, I don't know who's on third. That's what I want to find I out. I say, who's on first, what's on second, I don't know who's on third. Are you the manager? Yes. You're going to be the coach, too? Yes. And you know the fellow's name? Well, I should. Well, then who's on first? Yes. I mean, the fellow's name. Who? The guy on first. Who? The first baseman. Who? The guy playing first. Who is on first? I'm asking you who's on first. That's the man's name. That's whose name? Yes. Well, go ahead and tell me. That's it. That's who? Yes. <laughs> Look, you got a first baseman? Certainly. Who's playing first? That's right. When you pay off the first baseman every month, who gets the money? Every dollar of it. <laughs> All I'm trying to find out is the fellow's name on first base. Who? The guy that gets the That's money. That's it. Who gets the money on he first base? He does, every dollar. Sometimes his wife comes down and collects it. Who's wife? Yes. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Look, all I want to know is when you sign up the first baseman, how does he sign his name to the Who? contract? The guy. Who? How does he sign his That's name? That's how he signs it. Who? Yes. <laughs> What's the guy's name on first base? No, what is on second base? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? One base at a time. Well, don't change the players. I'm not changing nobody. Take it easy, buddy. I'm only asking you, who's the guy on first base? That's right. Okay. All right. <laughs> I mean, what's the guy's name on first base? No, what is on second? I'm not asking you who's on who's second. Who's on first? I don't know. Oh, he's on third. We're not talking about him. No, let's <laughs> How did I get on third base? Why, you mentioned his name. If I mention a third baseman's name, who did I say is playing third? No, who's playing first? What's on first? What's on second? I don't know. He's on third. There I go, back on third well, again. Will <laughs> you stay on third base right. and don't go off it? All right, what do you want to know? Now, who's playing third base? Why do you insist on putting who on third base? What am I putting on third? Uh, what is on second? You don't want who on second? Who is on first? I don't know. Third, third base! base. <laughs> You got outfield? Sure. The left fielder's name. Why? I just thought I'd ask. Well, I just thought I'd tell you. Then tell me who's playing left field. Who is playing first? I'm not. Stay out of the infield. <laughs> I want to know what's the guy's name in left field. No, what is on second? I'm not asking you who's on who's second. Who's on first? I don't know. Third base. <laughs> and the left fielder's name? Why? Because. Oh, he's center field. Be this Look, look, look. You got a pitcher on a team? Sure. The pitcher's name? Tomorrow. You don't want to tell me today? I'm telling you, then man. go ahead. Tomorrow. What time? What time what? What time tomorrow are you going to tell me who's pitching? Now, listen. Who is not pitching? I'll who break is... your arm, you say. Who's on first? <laughs> I want to know what's the pitcher's name. What's on second? I don't know. Third base. Got <laughs> a catcher? Certainly. The catcher's name? Today. Today. And Kamar's pitcher. Now you've got it. All we got is a couple of days on the team. You know, I'm a catcher, too. So they tell me. I get behind the plate, do some fancy catching. Kamar's pitching on my team, and the heavy hitter gets up. Yes. Now, the heavy hitter bunched the ball. When he bunched the ball, me being a good catcher, I want to throw the guy out of first base, so I pick up the ball and throw it to who? Now, that's the first thing you've said right. I don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, that's all you have to do. Is to throw the ball at first base. Yes. Now, who's got it? Naturally. <laughs> Somebody's got to get it. Now, who has it? Naturally. Who? Naturally. Naturally? Naturally. So I pick up the ball and I throw it to naturally. No, you don't. You throw the ball to who? Naturally. That's different. That's what I said. You're not saying that. I throw the ball to naturally. You throw it to who? Naturally. That's it. That's what I said. Listen, you ask me. I throw the ball to who? Naturally. Now, you ask me. You throw the ball to who? Naturally. That's it. Same as you. <laughs> don't change your mind. Same as you. Yeah, I throw the ball to who? Whoever it is drops the ball and the guy runs a second. Yes. Who picks up the ball and throws it to what? What throws it to I don't know? I don't know. Throws it back to tomorrow? Triple play. Yes. Another guy gets up and it's a long fly ball to be caused. Why? 
I don't know. He's on third, and I don't give a darn. Well, what? I said I don't give a darn. Oh, that's our shortstop. I mean, it is. <laughs> What is that, Lou, you've got in your hand there? Another telegram? Yeah, but look, I just got a telegram from Joe DiMaggio. Well, go ahead and read it. Okay. Dear Lou, just heard your show. I think you have the makings of the world's greatest natural ball player. You have spiked teeth, a club head, and you've been off your base for years. Good night. <laughs> good night, folks. Good night, everybody. And a special good night to Joe DiMaggio. Get well quick, Joe. and Costello program with the music of Carl Hoff and his orchestra, our singing star Amy Arnell, and spotlighting that chunky, chubby little cherub who, when caught putting a pair of asbestos gloves in his Uncle Artie Stebbins' pocket because he heard him say he was going out with an old flame, calmly says, I'm a bad boy! Costello, Costello, where have you been for the past three days? You would go out of town when I need you. Do you realize that today is the most important day in my life, Costello? Yeah. I finally bought an engagement ring. You bought an engagement ring? Yes. You did? Yes, Lou, old pal. Doesn't it thrill you? Doesn't it make you happy? Uh... Mm-hmm. Well, why, why don't you say something? Yeah, but I, I don't know what to say. Oh, come on, say anything. <laughs> I'm so young, I'll have to get my parents' consent. Ah, oh, yes. <laughs> Dummy, I didn't buy the ring for you. Tonight I am proposing to the wealthy widow, Mrs. Carlotta Cranberry. Carlotta? Yes. Ah, a lovely woman. She made her money selling used cars, you know. Oh, I see. A sort of used Carlotta. No. Nah. <laughs> tell her this is no joking matter. Carlotta is a beautiful girl. Oh, yeah. That's what you said about your first wife, Clementine. No, no, no. Don't talk about my first wife. Clementine was a good kid. Mm-hmm. When I met her, she was a trapeze artist with a circus. Yeah, she was so bow-legged, when she put her tights on, she looked like a pair of pliers with a band-aid. Uh, <laughs> listen, Costello. <laughs> Costello, will you listen to me? Clementine was a beautiful woman. Why, oh. she could sway men with her back turned. Yeah, sway back Clementine, they called her. <laughs> Costello, what makes you so bitter about marriage? Oh, I don't believe in marriage, Abbott. Marriage is like soup. Marriage is like soup. Yeah, after you get through spooning, it cools off. <laughs> trouble with you, Costello. This is your whole trouble, Lou. You don't know... You don't know what love is. Oh, yes, I did. Yes, I do. <laughs> yes, you did. Your mind. Do you know what love is? Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> little birds make love. That we know. Little butterflies make love. Even peanuts make love. Uh, peanuts make love? You'd be surprised what goes on inside those shells. Oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm talking about old-fashioned romance. When I was calling my first wife, uh, Clementine... There was a big grandfather's clock in the parlor, and we used to sit and listen to a tick. Uh It said, take your time, take your time, Uh take your time, Uh take your time. Yes, Abbott, maybe true, but uh, things are different with modern lovers. What do you mean? The day when a fellow sits in the parlor with a girl, there's an alarm clock on the mantel that says, get together, get together, get together, get together, get together, get together. Well, I'll never forget that old grandfather's clock, Lou. I'll never forget that old clock. You know, the day I married Clementine, it stopped. Your wife must have looked at it. And, Costello, when I married my wife, everybody said it was a perfect match. Match is right. She struck you and you went out like a light. <laughs> well, at least I'm not handpecked. Not handpecked? Before you were married, you used to snore. Now you tackle. All right. <laughs> Never mind my face. Will you stop that? Forget about Can my And I face help you to well, do right. it. Not talk about those things and forget about my first wife. Now, this marriage is going to be different. What a lovely girl Carlotta is. Every night I'll sneak into the parlor and catch her in my arms. Yes, then you'll sneak into the bedroom and catch her in your pockets. Well, I... <laughs> I don't want to hear another remark about Carlotta Cranberry. Okay. He's a member of society. Did you ever rub shoulders with the 400? No, but I rubbed hips with the 500. <laughs> where, where was that? At the Palladium. Oh, the blood vessel. <laughs> I've invited, I've invited Carlotta here for dinner tonight. She thinks that I'm a big shot. And I want you to act as my butler. Can you butler? Can I what? Do you know how to butler? Do 
Do I know how to bottle? Yes. I'll split a bottle with you any time. No, no, no. <laughs> I want you to serve the dinner. You understand, Louie? I want you to serve the dinner and, and get, our, get out our finest dishes and silver. Have you seen my uh, sugar bowl? Have I seen your what? Have you seen my sugar bowl? No, but she plays a nice game of pool. No, no, no. no. <laughs> You're going to mess up. This. You'll mess up everything. You'll mess up my whole evening for me. Mrs. Cranberry will ask for an hors d'oeuvre and you'll hand her a demitasse. Look who's trying to learn me. Demitasse. That word ain't demitasse. It's the minisee. <laughs> Listen, don't you know the first thing about etiquette? Now, there you go with another one. That's not etiquette. It's a ticketee. <laughs> you don't have to tell me about a ticketee, Abbott. I'll go out and buy that book by Emily Pillar. I, no, no, no. You mean Emily Post. I'll read the both of them. <laughs> both of them? Yeah, I'll go from pillar to post. Oh, no. You don't have to read Emily Post. I'll tell you what to do. I'm up on all forms of social etiquette. Oh, you are, huh? Oh, yes, I am. Well, let me ask you a question, Abbott. Now, tell me this, Abbott. When you reach over to light a cigarette, will you light a cigarette with your right hand or your left hand? <laughs> I'll light it with my right hand, of course. That shows you how dopey you are. What do you mean? Most people use the mask. Oh. <laughs> hey, Costello. <laughs> Costello. Now, Mrs. Cranberry is due here at 8 o'clock, and it's my cook's day off. Can you imagine that? Now, where am I going to get somebody to cook? I'll call Lana Turner right away. Oh, Costello, Lana Turner can't cook. She always brings me to a boil. All right. <laughs> when you talk sense, Costello, I have to get some food right away. I'll tell you what you do. You go around the corners of that little restaurant. You'll see a sign in the window that says Mother's Home Cooking. I'll go in and ask for Mother. Okay. I'll go right in. And then when I... What does the sign say? It says Mother's Home Cooking. Oh, why should I go in the restaurant and ask for Mother? She's home cooking. <laughs> mother isn't home cooking. Well, where is she? She's in the restaurant. Didn't you just tell me that the sign said Mother's home cooking? Well, that's right. Then how could she be in the restaurant? Does Mother live there? No, she lives at home. <laughs> then what's she doing in the restaurant? Home cooking. <laughs> that sign is making an awful liar out of Mother. <laughs> Wait a minute. It's after 6 o'clock. The restaurant is closed anyway. Mother wouldn't be there. Uh, where would Mother be? Well, she's probably uh, home cooking. Let me smell your breath. <laughs> Come on, Costello. We haven't got a minute to lose. We'll have to go around to our friends and find somebody to cook the dinner or dig up some food. Yeah, maybe my, my old girlfriend, Tessie Timfoil, maybe she could help us out. Well, come on. Come let's on, go let's over go. to her house. Well, here's Tessie Tinfoil's house. I hope she's home. Go ahead and knock. Hello, Tessie. Oh, hello, Mr. Abbott. And there you are, my fat little lover boy, Louie. Come to me. Let me hold you in my arms. Let me crush you to me. Well, say something, little lover boy. How can I? You got your knee on my chest. <laughs> Let me up! Oh, Louie, I'll bet you came to take me for a ride along the beach. It'll be so romantic. We'll drive to some out-of-the-way place where you can make love to me. I'm very appealing over candlelight and wine. You wouldn't appeal to me over beer and a flashlight. Tessie, <laughs> <laughs> I came to you for help. I'm entertaining a big society woman for dinner tonight, and I have no cook. Uh, could you help me out? Oh, I'd love to, Miss Abbott, but I've never been able to cook. I'll never forget the first meal I ever cooked. My husband sat down and ate it and left me. You mean he walked out on you? Why, no, he didn't walk out. Six men carried him out. <laughs> hey, um, look, Abbott, maybe Scotty's wife's home, and maybe we can get her to help you. Come on, I'll knock on the door. Go ahead. Oh, what do you want? <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. What are you doing here? Where's Scotty? Uh, Scotty's out of town. He went to San Francisco. San Francisco. San Francisco. San Francisco, Pismo Beach. <laughs> yeah, he went down there and hired a boat to go out on the water. On the water. On the water. Water? No, thanks. I don't want to rush my stomach. Look, mister, I'm in a spot. I need somebody to cook my dinner. Oh, you came to the right place. I make a wonderful stew. <laughs> Hey, look, Costello. The actress, Bessie May Moocher, just pulled up in front of her apartment. Yoo-hoo! Bessie! Oh, good evening, boys. 
Isn't this a lovely, balmy evening? I love to see the sun set behind the Hollywood Hills. Isn't it too, too enchanting? Oh, yes, it's just too, too divine. <laughs> it is too, too divine and utterly picturesque <laughs> Bessie, I'm in terrible trouble. I'm trying to find somebody to cook for us tonight. Uh, could you help us out? Oh, goodness, no. I'm one of those helpless damsels. This morning, I even burned my harm. Harm? Oh, sure, Abby, you know what harm is. You fry it with oogs and sprinkle it with salt and pepper. <laughs> I finally wound up with just a gloss of milk and a cruller. Why, you poor, poor loss. You mean you didn't have butter tooth? <laughs> but, Bussy, can't you help us out at all? We have to have some food. Well, all I have in the house is some sauerkraut, some raspberry jam, and some pizza cooler. Pizza cooler? <laughs> oh, whatever. Jimmy, she's got a beetle of soda poop pipe. Pizza. Well, I must dart in for my evening ball. I hope you have good luck with your dinner. And as they say, I didn't have with that last joke. (laughs) Well, as they say in Russian, Penyamaya, my bublitsky to you. And a pair of my old britches to you, too. (laughs) Costello, what am I going to do? My lovely Carlotta will be at the house in exactly an hour and a half. And where am I going to get a cook? Well, Abbott, there's only one place left. Where? I guess we'll have to ask Mrs. Niles. Oh, hello, boys. Gee, Mrs. Niles, this is the first time I ever saw you in slacks. You have a nice shape. Wait a minute, Costello. My wife isn't here. Oh, pardon me, Ken. I didn't recognize you without your leash. Oh, quite. <laughs> Go ahead, Costello. Where's Mrs. Niles? Well, she went downtown to get a beauty treatment. She's being offered a job as a cover girl. Magazine or manhole? <laughs> Quiet, Costello, will you please? Ken, do you know where I can get somebody to cook dinner for my girlfriend and me? Well, no, I don't. The only one in the house is a French maid, Fifi. Oh, wait a minute. I'll ask her if she can cook. Oh, well, Fifi. Oh, yes, Monsieur Niles. Oh, hello, Monsieur Abbott and Monsieur Costello. Hello, my little dish of pancakes. Pancakes? Why do you call me your little dish of pancakes? Because you're so nicely stacked. <laughs> Now, cut that out, Costello. Fifi, we need somebody to cook dinner tonight. What do yes, you say? Yes, Fifi. Me, monsieur, I can cook anything. I can make frog leg francaise, fret de zette, sardine de foie gras, pomme de terre jardinière. How about cement mixer, putty, putty? <laughs> Just name anything you want, monsieur, and you can have it. Come over here and kiss your poor old father. My darling Carlotta will be here in a few minutes. I told you to get into your butler suit, didn't I? Where in heaven's name did you get those striped pants? What's wrong with them? The stripes are supposed to run up and down, not around. Oh, I bought... <laughs> I bought these from my Uncle Petey Reed. He just got out of Alcatraz. <laughs> oh, I knew you'd do something stupid. The good thing I sent for Professor Melonhead. He's coming here to teach you the duties of a butler. Now, let's... Oh, wait a minute. Now, that must be him now. Come in! Ah, good evening, Mr. Abbott. Well, Costello, I understand that we only have a few minutes in which I can show you the finer points of catering. Now, let's get busy. <laughs> Mr. Costello, if you have one little ounce of intelligence, if you have one ounce of intelligence, I may be able to polish up your skill. One more crack like that, and I'll polish up your skull. <laughs> now, Costello, I'll have you know that I, Melonhead, was the greatest butler in the Dutch East Indies. I was known as Herr Von Melonhead. Now you're knowing as... Von Hair Melonhead. <laughs> Get out of that shiny dome. From the back, it looks like an empty, empty, empty car lot. Never mind what it looks like. Costello, we have no time to... <laughs> we have no time to waste. Now, suppose your dinner is ready. How would you announce it to the guests? I just yelled, the grub is here. Come on and get it. No, no. Nothing like that. You stand in the doorway, your chest thrown out, your head tilted back, and with your nose pointed at the ceiling, you say... Dinner is now served. Are you teaching me something or are you smelling something? I'm not smelling. I'm trying to teach you how to be a butler. Now, how does a butler announce the dinner at your house? We haven't got a butler at our house. No butler? If you have no butler, how in heaven's name do you know when dinner is served? When my mother takes the iron bars off the dining room door. (laughs) Costello is impossible, Mr. Rabbit. Why, he doesn't even look like a butler. Look at me. 
I have the proper physique. Look at my shape. Ah, look at this leg. What a thigh. What a knee. What a calf. What an ankle. What a heel. Look, Miss Melonhead, I've got a great idea. Why don't you stay and, and be my butler tonight? I'm sorry, Mr. Abbott. I couldn't possibly remain under the same roof with this ignorant little nincompoop. Costello, I have a word of advice to you. With your limited intelligence, you better start saving your money. Remember, pennies grow into nickels, nickels and dimes, dimes and quarters, quarters and a half, halves and a dollar, dollars and a five, five and a half, and a fifty, dollars and a thousand, dollars and a five. All right! You sound like your mother was frightened by a cash register. Hmm. <laughs> yes, but my mother rang the bell. Yeah. Good night. <laughs> what an ugly individual. Oh, I wouldn't say that, Costello. There's something about Melonhead's face that grows on you. I'm glad it didn't grow on me. <laughs> oh, oh, Costello. Uh-oh. River Mickey. No, 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 no. Oh. This must be Carlotta. Oh, answer the door, Costello. And for heaven's sake, remember you're my butler. Gee, I'm so nervous, Costello. Uh, hand me a drink of water, will you please? Here you are, here you are. Thanks. Uh, oh, I'm still nervous. I, I can feel my stomach jumping inside. Don't look now, but the water you just drank had three goldfish in it. No. <laughs> you fool, answer the door. Good evening, my good man. Is your lobster in? Hey, Abbott! Is this Halloween? No. I thought not. Lady, take off that mask. <laughs> I'm not wearing a mask. Well, then put one on. <laughs> I'm here for a dinner engagement with Mr. Abbott. Oh, you're Mrs. Loganberry. Young man, the name is not Loganberry. It isn't Strawberry. It isn't Huckleberry. It's the same Cranberry. Well, you better come in before the kids in the neighborhood give you the raspberry. <laughs> What's going on here? Oh, oh, my dear Collada, I'm so sorry. This young man is very new. Uh, one more remark from him and he'll never get old. Uh, <laughs> don't stand there. Take Collada's coat. Take a coat? Take her coat. Go ahead. Oh, me, eh? Me? Excuse me, the wind just changed. <laughs> Mr. Abbott, it was so nice of you to ask me to dinner. Oh, the pleasure's all mine, Mrs. Cranberry. Oh, please, not Mrs. Cranberry. Just call me Carlotta. And you can call me uh, Buddy. Oh, and you can call me Cosy. And you can call me uh, Butsy. And you can call me when this is over. <laughs> Budsy, darling, what an impertinent man. I have a feeling that I've seen this butler someplace before. It could have been at the Hollywood Legion Stadium last Monday night. What would I be doing at the Legion Stadium? Weren't you in a semi-wind up with the Swedish angel? <laughs> Carlotta, darling, I must go into the kitchen and see how dinner is coming. Costello, show Mrs. Cranberry into the garden. Okay. <laughs> What happened? Did you show Mrs. Cranberry into the garden? Show her? I thought you said throw her. <laughs> Speak to me, Carlotta. Where are you? Oh, here I am, stuck among the cabbage beds. Which head is yours? <laughs> I'm the one with the lipstick. It's a, it's a good thing she didn't fall into the tomatoes. We'd have never found her. Come, Carlotta, I'll help you to a chair. Costello, please, do something right. Put some romantic music on the Victrola. How about the beer barrel poker? Beer barrel poker? That isn't romantic. It is if you drink the beer first. Buzzy, <laughs> dear, I can't stand much more of this. Send that horrible person away. Costello, go into the kitchen and finish up preparing the food. Carlotta, sit down here at the piano and sing something for me. Oh, I'd be glad to. Darn that doorbell. Molly, after Costello. Costello, answer that door. Oh, I got it. I got it. There's a young man here to see Mrs. Cranberry. Right this way. Albert, what are you doing here? I just had to see you, Grandma. Grandma? Grandma? Oh, oh Albert, you stupid boy. I'm ruined. Why did you have to come? 
come here to see your grandma. You spoiled the happiest moment of my life. Don't blame the kid, Grandma. He just came here to do you a favor. What do you mean, a favor? He told me he knew that you were coming here for dinner tonight, so he brought this for you. What is it? Your teeth. <laughs> Now here are Bud Abbott and Lou Costello with the final word. Well, Costello, you certainly ruined things for me with Mrs. Cranberry tonight. But I phoned another girl and made a date with her. I expect her here any minute. Oh, uh, Mr. Abbott, there's a lady out here to see you. Uh, tell her to come in, Lyle. Oh, no, you don't, Costello. I'm not going to have this lady come in here and be insulted. I promise I won't say nothing bad about her, Abbott. You promise? I promise. Well, then, okay. It's all right for her to come in. You hear that, Lyle? We'll be old dame in. Good night, folks. <laughs> If you enjoyed that golden age of radio production, be sure to follow the Riley and Kimmy show. We feature old time radio shows from time to time. We have archived episodes available right now on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Some of them have old time radio episodes on them. Please tell your friends about the Riley and Kimmy show. Help us grow. Our social media links are available on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. That's R-I-L-E-Y. And Kimmy, K-I-M-M-Y, dot com. If you friend, follow, and like us, we will friend and follow you back. Also, be sure to check out our website, events page, and our social media pages for updates where the Riley and Kimmy show will be appearing next. And we're available for your pop culture event and also those that are animal-based, about pets and animals, too. We have a spinoff show called Animal Special. So be sure to tell your friends about us. It's the Riley and Kimmy Show, the nerd variety talk show with daily pop culture episodes. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Find archive podcasts of the Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.